0: All right, obscenity warning. Liel's already on his fourth mezcal as we begin yep. this JCC Manhattan live show. So who knows what'll happen? It's best if you send your kids out of the room.
1: By the way, that's a great metaphor for Israel in general. Sofas on which it's to crash. So which American will crash if there is trouble in the America? It's the the original Airbnb. Just come.
0: <laughs> Hello, J Crew, live on tape from the JCC Manhattan. This is Unorthodox, the world's leading Jewish podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Mark Oppenheimer, joined, as ever, by Tablet senior writer, Liel Leibowitz. Hello, Melissa, hello. And deputy editor, Stephanie Butnick. Hi. Hi. Our Jew of the week is the world's smartest man, and now the man with the biggest family tree. He's a writer, he's a Jew, he's my cousin and yours, he's A.J. Jacobs. (laughs) He also, yes, indeed. This is also a very special night for him and for us because he was our first ever Jew of the Week. At our Gentile of the Week, you thought he was Jewish, but he's not. He's the actor you know from Alpha House or also from playing Cantor Duvid on Transparent. It's Kobe LeBee. Thank you. Plus, we're gonna play some fun games of Jewish geography with the audience, and we're going to have listener mail in which our listeners and our audience take on the all-important question, is it mishmash or mishmash? You guys all need to be thinking about that, okay? Because we got more mail on that than anything else. Because
1: you're either right or you're wrong. No, but
2: the mail got, like, weirdly personal. <laughs> it did, it did. It was like... But people were mad. People were mad. People were really... At me. They people thought, are never mad Well, because me. you're from Great Neck,
0: so
1: they feel like... What
2: does that mean? Whatever, we'll get to we'll it. We'll get
1: to that. We'll get to what that means. Can you imagine warning? Jews being mad for no reason about <laughs> trivial shit? That's like, really... <laughs>
0: Bizarre. Um, also, we just want to thank all of you for being here because we heard a rumor that Michelle Obama is across town at Temple Emmanuel. So we... <laughs> they all run for the doors. Yeah, so, like,
2: so, so sorry you couldn't get tickets to that, yeah. but thank you for being here. Can we also do, like, a count of who's related to me by blood or marriage or friendship at this point? Arms in the air. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, thank you. Uh,
0: before we get to our guests, I don't know, like, what's... Well, I mean, the most important bit of Jewish news this week, I know for Liel, is that, is that Robert Guillaume died today, which is very sad. Benson.
1: He, he's, uh, how many people in this room remember Benson? There we there go. Are five people. Who That's our demographic.
0: Benson. Uh, Benson was a sitcom.
1: Yes, it was. On ABC. That I would not know because <laughs> I uh, grew up in Israel where Wait, we what? had a. I know. <laughs> A very big it's surprise, the first time but hearing I tell you, you in days Next time, tell me
2: that Mark went to Yale.
1: <laughs> I grew up in Israel, uh, and we had we had one television channel, which was, uh, you know, lovingly named Channel One, you know, uh, and it had the budget for precisely one uh, American television show per year. Uh, this is not a joke, <laughs> by the way. And really, they could only afford one, you know, non-original Actual TV show, and so when I was like the th- rest of the time was, was just just in the like, Knesset, basically like all Knesset. I'm all not the even time. kidding. Every day ended. With something called the daily Bible verse, in which it was a, a just a, the camera is zoomed in on a, like a Bible, and you <laughs> saw a finger like going through Vayomer Adonai El. She's like, "This is TV, guys!" And this is like the '80s, like not. Wait, is this why you went to film now. school? This is pretty much, yeah. <laughs> You're like,
2: I'm inspired. And
1: so, when I was in third grade, uh, Benson was the show, so it was a very big hit uh, for for Israelis. But the next year. We got another show, uh, and it it featured, uh, let's see if you remember the name of of this show, it featured uh, a bionic man whose name was Steve Austin. Do you remember what the show was called? Six Million Dollar Man. The Six Million Dollar Man. Now, do you understand why the Six Million Dollar Man had a very different title in Israel? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. What did they call it? It was called The Man Worth Millions. (laughs) How many millions? You don't need to know that. <laughs> a lot of millions for that Somewhere man. Somewhere between four and seven. <laughs> <ten. than> five <laughs> less than ten. And then the following year was Love Boat, and then I totally, I was, I'm like, I'm moving to America. This is amazing. <laughs> Did the
0: news that, that, that... Gopher had made it to Congress, crossed the pond to his oh, Absolutely,
1: <laughs> every person who went to school would me, be like uh, Gopher. He was the congressman, right? Like every everyone would know that. So,
0: so farewell to Robert Guillaume, who started off as the butler and then became lieutenant governor. As which which actually is strangely plausible these days in yeah. government. Like you know, you were a butler. Welcome, welcome to the cabinet. Um, I don't know what else is going on. Anything else going on in your life, Stephanie? Anything going on
2: in your life? Nope, got nothing. Writing thank you notes. A lot of thank you notes. Are you done? No, because, well, I like to put, like, stickers on them, and I like the stickers to correspond to the personality of the person I'm sending it to, <laughs> unless I don't really know them, in which case they sort of get, like, a bland combination. But, like, you know, like, only specific people get cats on theirs, because mm-hmm. I have to know that it's someone who will appreciate that.
0: I see. I don't even remember if we got you anything. I
2: think... <laughs> you You did not, since... <laughs> did we not? No, I got a beautiful carafe from Liel and Lisa, but... Well, thank you. Now that we're talking about it... But apparently you have, like, a The the registry's
0: still up, right? (laughs) Okay. Get Stephanie and Ben. (laughs) Seriously. If you guys could just wait, like, five minutes.
2: How are we still talking about this wedding? I don't understand.
0: In my household, Ellie has taken up rock climbing. The eight-year-old. Which prompts the question, can Jews rock climb? It depends on who's chasing them, but. <laughs> because because she also does gymnastics, and of course, Ali Raceman is very important to her as you know a a symbol of Jewish gymnastical power. And now she's taking up rock climbing. Her thing is she likes doing sports that don't involve other people. Really? No, she like Rebecca likes sports that are team oriented and social, and Ellie likes sports where she's just competing against herself. So and she no is other-
2: the your the wrong daughter started fencing, basically.
0: Bas- no, right. I think that's why Rebecca didn't take defense. So is that why you liked fencing? Because it was like all about- Well, you
2: under- could stab people right. and yeah. <laughs> I get away with and it. And you
1: didn't have to talk to anyone.
0: Look, before we get to news of the Jews, there's one other thing I have to get off my chest. Um, I'm probably not the only person in this room who reads the, um, the, the wedding pages in the Sunday Times, right? I'm just going to venture that somebody else in this room is going to know what I'm talking Ra- about. Round of applause for yeah. those. So, yeah. so the vows column this past Sunday- you may remember it was the modern Orthodox rabbi who met his beshert, Avital Zipper. On uh, someone here knows who knows Avital. Somebody knows Avital, right? Yes, there we go. All right. And I just love being able to remember, Like I knew to a certainty that so somebody great. knew Tali Zipper.
2: Were you at the wedding?
0: No. So. How do you know her? Friends of friends. Okay. It's amazing. So, and you know, is basically this beautiful story. He goes on. Was it Tinder? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he goes on, t- <laughs> all of you go that. <laughs> so, so he goes on Tinder and he, and he meets her and this is, and she's obviously lovely and he's great and we wish them nothing, nothing but happiness. Right. But he had, to, he mentioned to the reporter that he'd always had trouble finding, you know, dates never went well before. Wait, I think I wrote this down because yes, he said, um, so here he is, he's a, he's a young modern Orthodox rabbi, Andrew Shear. He's a chaplain for the VA and, and for the Department of Corrections. Like, he's basically the best guy in the, yeah. in the world. He's the best rabbi. And he said it was always hard for him to meet women. And here's the quote. He said, the girls I was meeting were lovely, but they were expecting a doctor or a lawyer. Being a rabbi really impeded my dating life. And I just read this and I thought, what is wrong with Jews. Seriously, or like, what is wrong with people? Like, he's obviously the best human being in the world. And, like,
1: he's not a dermatologist. See, I read that, and I wonder, like, what would the rabbi's dating profile be like? It's like, modern orthodox in the streets, reconstructionist in the sheets. You know, like, what, what is that like? There's also another built-in problem here, uh, which is... Oh, is there? Is, yes, no, no is there it? is. If, if you're signing up for this, and, and you're marrying um, a, a rabbi, you become a... A, a Rebbitson. Yeah. Which, and I, I'm sorry, I mean no disrespect, but Rebbitson is the least sexy word ever uttered by mankind. You don't want to tell a woman that one day she could be a Rebbitson. <laughs> well, we need a better term. We need to brand this. A but Rebbiton.
2: I don't think it's crazy that a woman would be like, oh, you're a rabbi. I don't, like, that could be a deal breaker for some people. And there's nothing wrong with them for that. I mean, the assumption that they were, in, in fact, looking for a doctor or a lawyer, I don't know. Maybe he's making that leap.
0: Right. It seems like. Right. right. Maybe it's like they didn't want to be public figures who were married, who's being well, like, awakened at two yeah, in the morning. Like for- your
2: Saturdays are sort of like booked for life. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And if he watches football, you're like, screwed on Sundays too. Yeah. Just being practical.
1: Fair I enough. Want- I don't want anyone who will disappear for the entire of <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. In the news of the Jews, um, let's see. God, so much good stuff. Um, In England, white supremacist Kevin Wilshaw has quit the National Front White Supremacy Organization, admitting that he is gay and is Jewish on his mother's side. (laughs) He told England's Channel 4 that, quote, I found on one or two occasions when I was suspected of being gay, I was subjected to abuse. (laughs) Uh,
1: These are my favorite stories. (laughs) You know, it turns out the Nazis... Big fans of gays and Jews. Not such nice people. No, I was misinformed
0: about that. I like the casualness with her. She's just like, yeah. So it didn't work. It. I realized it wasn't my people. I realized it wasn't my calling. He's.
2: She's like I gave it a shot and it just like
0: didn't work out for us. <laughs> I'm gonna grow my hair out now. Um, a <laughs> uh, little Drake news. Should I turn to our Drake correspondent? What was the news in, in Drakedom this week, Stephanie?
2: Drake turned 31 and had the reverse bar mitzvah party, like. 3113, you know, you, you get it, as one does. Um, this is actually his second fake bar mitzvah because he did a music <laughs> video ab- about his bar mitzvah. And then there was his actual bar
1: mitzvah. And it's like he's a little obsessed. I just love the idea of a reverse bar mitzvah. <laughs> It's like at thirteen I became a man. Now I'm thirty one. I've I've had my fill. Like today I'm actually no longer an adult. So <laughs>
2: it's like the ultimate uh, millennial move. Right. Like being like,
1: Basically, I'm moving him back in with my I'm parents. Not fasting and, um, on Yom Kippur. Not fasting on Yom
0: Kippur. And Bar Rafaeli gave birth to a second daughter whose name is L.
1: classic Israeli, the classic Israeli <laughs> model name L.
0: Like okay, so Liel means.
1: Liel means I was born I, in the 70s, and my parents drank a lot. Right. Uh, it also means I have a God. I have a God, right? So, but right. I mean, so
2: it's, she's it's, just L. She's God. Then if you're, I have a God. Yes, she's, she's just, half of that. That's how El, Hebrew Ezra. works, right?
0: Is it reading that way in Hebrew? As if you're L in Hebrew, people are just like you named your daughter God.
1: Uh, I don't think it does in in her case. <laughs> I will say that people are being very unkind to her. There's there's a very uh, kind of revolting debate on on Israeli internet about her breastfeeding habits because she posted a photo on Instagram of a bottle of Similac and a glass of wine. And she might as well have posted a photo of herself with, like, the Hezbollah flag and, like, three burning Bibles. Like, people like, you you know who breastfeed? Gal Gadot breastfeed.
2: (laughs) While filming Wonder Woman.
0: Liel, as our Anne Frank correspondent, I think you should... (laughs) I think you should present the next bit of News of the Jews because you've been really on top. I mean, as our sports correspondent
1: and our I, Anne Frank correspondent. I have been following the story very, very closely. Tell so, us what's going on. Uh, uh, so there are uh, two Italian uh, soccer teams, or they adorably call it a football. Um, uh, both are in Rome, both share a s- uh, stadium, and uh, fans of one team, Lazio, uh, or Stephanie, what's the team's full name?
2: It's apparently S.S. Lazio, so like none nice. of this should surprise you. Not, yeah.
1: <laughs> so S.S. Lazio, which, uh, which you know, a, a little bit more red Rome, uh, kind of don't like the Roma fans who are a little bit more blue Rome. Uh, and so to taunt them, because obviously the greatest taunt is to call someone a, a dead Jewish teenager, uh, they printed out stickers of Anne Frank wearing the opposite team's uniform. Ooh. Uh, so this, this got to the attention of the Italian Soccer Federation, which, by the way, nothing delights me more than thinking of the Italian Soccer Federation, because I'm, I'm imagining like one part Godfather, three parts the Muppets, right? So the thing that they came with is, uh, first of all, we will begin every game in, in the league in its entirety by reading sections from Anne Frank's diary, <laughs> In Italian. In Italian. In Italian, In Italian. The best thing is like, dear diary. Uh, it turns out that people are basically good, except for soccer fans. Fuck those guys. Um, <laughs> but then Lazio, not to be outdone, is like, no, we disgraced her wearing the other team's uniform. We need to repent. So they went out and designed their own uniform featuring a photo of. <laughs> dear My
3: number one fan, I write with the light from the lamp on my nightstand With my pen in my right hand, and that's also my mic hand Codeine in the Sprite can, ink
1: on the white pad And I'm thinking of life and And wrong and right and. and sometimes I'm right Sometimes I might, cannot find the light. Still, my rhymes are bright. So, I continue my plan, and I'm sure like white sand. We have some announcements
0: to make. First of all, Liel, you have have, uh, a very important, a very important athletics related announcement that does not involve a photoshopped (laughs) face of Anne Frank on a polyester jersey. Um,
1: So, this Sunday, uh, along with uh, 60,000 of uh, my brothers and sisters, and along with my beautiful wife, Lisa, I will be running the New York City Marathon. Uh, which now, thank you very much. Wait, I didn't. Lisa, you're running the marathon too. Lisa is all right. I didn't know Lisa will actually be running the yeah, marathon. I was going to say I, I would sort of be like slouching the marathon Not or it. stumbling the marathon. But but here's here's the point. So the marathon uh, has uh, an application on your cellular telephone in which you could trace uh, runners as they go through the course. And again, I'm I'm going to be doing this at a very slow pace. Uh, so if you're so inclined. Uh, kindly look me up and, and, and come out and take, uh, and, and this is, this is where we get gross. Uh, come out and take a smelfie with me, which is a selfie with a guy who just ran 26 miles. <laughs> um, now, we will, where will we post those photos if
0: you send them to us? As it happens, we are finally getting with the 21st century. We're starting our own uh, Facebook group, which we're really, really excited about. So obviously, Tablet has a Facebook page, um, but we are starting a unorthodox group within the, um, the Tablet page. So if you go to Tablet Magazine on Facebook and look under groups, you will see unorthodox podcast. And basically it will be a closed group. You have to ask to join, but we will say, we we will say yes. And you will be in it until we throw you out for being an abusive troll. Um, but the hope is that of our many, you know, thousands, thousands of subscribers and regular listeners that a whole bunch of them will be there. And we're going to, you know, in the past, I'll just say for myself, we haven't done a lot of extras on the tablet webpage because it's all tablet, So it includes people who tune in just because they like something that they read, but they don't even know what a podcast is, right? So there's no point in giving them lots and lots of extra podcast content. This is going to be a closed group of people who are interested in the podcast. And so we're going to read extra letters that didn't make it necessarily on the air. And we're going to have extra photographs. And also, but most importantly, we're going to have discussion. So the discussion thread will be stuff that was on the show. We hopefully will get a lot of our guests, our Jews and Gentiles of the Week to join in. And listen,
1: I, I know, Mark, you're gonna get a live video <laughs> with like four, four daughters, daughters. Yeah. Probably like seven
0: times a day. Pretty much. There are gonna be a lot of like little girls reading your letters. So
2: <laughs> if that interests that's you that's so exploitative, but I love it, so, it much. so much. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The um the third the third announcement for now is that we also, you as you know, if you're regular listeners, we often get questions in the mailbox that aren't responses to things we've said, but um, but uh asking um, the request for advice. People will say like, what do you think, you know, I'm dating someone who says such and such. What should I tell her? Or I'm invited to this kind of party and I've never been to that. What should I wear? Or like, you know, my last name is such and such. What do you think it means? People who want us to give them advice, weirdly enough, um, we're going to dedicate... Some upcoming shows to just answering your questions uh, where you specifically ask for advice, to advice segments. If you have a question for those episodes, write to us at the normal mailbox, unorthodox at tabletmag.com, but put advice in the subject line. And we're going to collate those and do some fun shows with those.
2: Our Jewish guest this week is writer and human guinea pig, A.J. Jacobs. He's the author of books like the best-selling Year of Living Biblically and the the about-to-be-published book, It's All Relative, in which he becomes obsessed with genealogy and attempts to convene the largest family reunion ever. A.J., welcome to the show.
0: First ever Jew of the Week, back for a
4: repeat visit. This was, yes, the fu- I was a huge moment in my life. The first guest <laughs> on the first episode of Unorthodox. And uh, I was actually listening to it, and I got very nostalgic, because those were simpler <laughs> times. I mean... <laughs> The the big horrifying news of the week was that Adam Sandler's Pixels opened uh, (laughs) to not very good reviews, and you guys spent a long time talking about that. Nothing
1: worse will ever happen in Hollywood, ever. (laughs) (laughs) No one in Hollywood will ever
4: behave so badly, right?
1: AJ,
2: your new book is It's All Relative. You become obsessed with genealogy. This is actually not the first time you've become, like, super into something. That is the kind year, of my job. Yeah, yep. you're, that's your thing. The year of living biblically was you followed every single biblical commandment. Right, right. Um, in the Know-It-All, you read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica.
4: Exactly. A to Z.
2: And so, like, why genealogy? How'd you get into this?
4: Well, this started... As I might have mentioned (laughs) on episode one, if you go, (laughs) uh, I got an email out of the blue from this man in Israel, and he said, "You don't know me, but I'm your eighth cousin." Uh, And naturally, I thought, as you probably would, that he was going to ask, "What's please send ten thousand dollars to my Nigerian bank." But it turned out he really was, he was legit and he's part of this group of people who are obsessed with building a family tree, but it's not a tree, it's like forest. It's like the biggest tree ever uh, with, and it's not thousands of people, it's millions of people. So literally there are about 200 million people on this tree, including some people sitting on this stage right now.
1: I know it's a shock
4: since I sent it to you earlier but it is should we talk about should we talk about (laughs) I think I'm ready to how how, so you're ready to reveal this all right this delighted me by the way because AJ
1: really is one of my absolute favorite people and and this news this news really touches
4: me. Now we mark. are we are officially Mishbuko. We officially are officially family. I mean basically this tree is like the greatest game of Jewish geography ever.
2: So <laughs> so, so let's do the reveal. This is like Maury.
4: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready to weep? Mark Oppenheimer is my second great uncle's first cousin. THRICE REMOVED! Woo! THRICE is, REMOVED! as my great-grandma's sister married your something. That's like a
0: pretty close <laughs> connection, right? Yeah,
4: that's, oh, we're practically brothers.
0: It's because that's why we're, I'm so tall.
4: Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is that Jews were a highly endogamous population, which is a very polite way of saying we were inbreeders. <laughs> and, uh, and some of us still are. I am. Uh, and I and we did a DNA test. My wife and I did a DNA test. And it came back that we are cousins, like blood cousins. And I actually was excited. I was like, this is so cool. Uh, and it's like I, a scary you, Game of Thrones. Book, you kind of yeah. say,
0: like, this is, you, you thought this could be kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like,
4: spice up my marriage. She yeah. was not as into it. Uh, so, But it's more six. I do have a chapter in the book where I talk to this man who heads up uh, – CousinCouples.com. And uh, <laughs> see, there you go. They are, uh, but yeah, he is fighting for the rights of first cousins to get married. He sees it as like marriage equality part two. It's really quite interesting. That is it. such a weird. Re- like Next week
1: on Unorthodox, <laughs> the founder of Cousin Couples. I feel like
2: everyone here has like that second, like everyone has the cousin. Like, don't, oh, yeah. we have someone like, Married a second like right then you and know, great I mean, my like, great
4: grandpa married his first cousin oh yeah there's like uh, back then that was that's what you did and apparently still now so, so yeah. are you
2: closer to your wife than mark i don't like because that would seem like a close connection mm-hmm. for two random people that's true for two
1: I, ashkenazi jews and so not that random but
4: we have to do the dna i want to know i want to yeah. know whether i can marry you or not legally <laughs> uh i
1: think so, you can marry me right because we we have we have more. Oh, we yeah. have more stops. Leal. but one of them is way cooler. than Oh, all these okay, yeah, German- yeah. It's pretty cool. That's We're doing right. Doing
4: some yeah. name dropping. It is Leal is my sixth cousin once removed's wife's second great nephew, and uh, so it, <laughs> and it goes back to a man named Shlomo Zalman Vilner. Like, of course, it does. Right.
1: <laughs> AKA or DBA just. Gaon, no big deal. No, no, just, that's just son that. Son
4: number five of that's, the Vilna This is
1: all good. It still counts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
4: George Foreman
1: Junior, Junior, Junior. It's like it's there one of go.
4: those. The Vilna Gaon was he was a famous rabbi and in Lithuania, I think 19th century, 18th century. And what I learned, I knew very little about him except that he was like you know he's a, a mocker. He was a mocker. He studied. He slept for four hours a night, and the rest of the time he was studying. But I actually. <laughs> Like, I went to uh, in
1: that time. By the way, I'm totally studying. That's, that's <laughs> what I do.
4: Uh, but I went to a lecture by the guy who wrote the biography on him, whose basic thesis was he was kind of a dick. Uh, <laughs> like he literally talked about that, like he would go off and study and totally ignore his family. Uh, including his son who had some terrible disease. And he would go off for months and only remember, you're only allowed to think, when you're in the bathroom, you cannot think of Torah, uh, apparently. So that was the only time he's like, oh, yeah, I got these kids. Maybe I should go see them. And then finally, after months, he's like, returns. This, this is very sad, because Stephanie, I spent uh, quite a bit of time... Searching for nicks on uh, the internet and uh,
2: be careful when you do that. Yeah, I
4: I wasn't going to make. Don't do it at work. It's like I'm glad you made the joke, Uh, but yeah, and I, I think you might be the only Jewish person I am not related to have to say that's like a pretty big
2: deal for me because <laughs> you're actually related to everyone right like you've got yeah. some famous you're relatives that, that you unearthed in the process of writing this no book. no
4: we are related it's just going to take me a few days to figure out don't worry <laughs> you can't escape so we're the uh, most famous who
1: else are you related to who is also kind of famous
4: well there's you know everyone every you can Barack Obama is my fifth great aunt's husband's brother's wife's seventh great nephew so uh, <laughs> I got him I got uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, <laughs> Another <laughs> illustrious. I will, say, I will say he's on my wife's side. So I want to make that clear. Uh, so yeah, and I have to be very careful around my wife, because now that I know
2: <laughs> <laughs> So what happened with the with the reunion? You know, the book tells the story of you discovering genealogy, sort of being swept in by this guy basically who 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 gets you. Right, right. right. Like the, ultimate, the ultimate long con is you actually become <laughs> obsessed with genealogy and want to throw the world's biggest family reunion. That was it.
4: I decided I have millions of cousins. Why not throw a party for all of my cousins, all seven billion? And so I did about a year and a half ago in, in Queens. We threw a family reunion. We did not get 100% attendance, uh, <laughs> but we got... About 4,000. We got 10,000 around the world. There were 40 simultaneous reunions. And I, it was the weirdest event. First of all, I hated it because I was so stressed out and miserable. You were like, is everyone going to
2: have a good time? They, you know. Well, you realize it was like a massive
1: family reunion.
2: Right. 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 That I was, was like, your idea. What was I
4: thinking? That is it's a like, terrible I idea. I see
1: your one drunk, obnoxious uncle and I raise you 3,800 of them. <laughs>
4: But I will say it was the weirdest because it was the most diverse. Uh, it was like, you know, you had a rabbi, of course. Uh, you know, there was a minister, a Buddhist monk, an atheist, and they all gave little talks. There was... Um,
1: they all literally walked into a bar. That, exactly.
4: It was like... <laughs> uh, you had Mary Lou Henner. I don't know why, but she was there. Uh And Sister Sledge actually came and Sister Sledge came and sang,
2: we are family? We are
4: family. Was the whole Sledge
0: there?
2: No, because they had like a big family feud, it turns out, right? Oh, yeah.
4: This was a very sad part of the book is that... (laughs) Well, one of them left to join the Pointer Sisters, right? <laughs> <laughs> they defected. No, I was uh, I was all excited. I thought I was getting a Sister Sledge, but it turns out I was getting like maybe fifty percent of Sister Sledge because one of the sisters went solo and they sued each other. And Ooh. you know their shtick is we are family, we love each other. I was like, I, I think there might be some irony there. I'm gonna it would be like if Cool and
0: the gang refused to celebrate.
4: <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
0: so in the book, you talk at one point about how you do have these sort of touchingly sweet aspirations that genealogy
4: can might promote world peace. Well, that's it. I mean, it is a little uh, Woodstockian, but uh, but there are studies. There is a study done by Harvard, and that's a real place, uh, <laughs> last year that said they they took a group of Palestinians and Israelis and they told one half of the group that they were very closely related. They sort of made up a DNA and then the other half that they weren't. And there was a very significant difference in behavior that they were much more willing to cooperate um, and much less willing to do sadistic things to each other. So, uh, so I thought that was, you know, that's very hopeful. Who knows? And, um, I will say you brought up the white supremacists earlier. I mean that is former the,
0: white supremacist. He's now
4: he's you're now right. A I'm sorry. Ex
0: white supremacist. Okay. <laughs> Thank
1: God. He read he read Ag's book. He was like, wait a minute. Exactly. I'm related to these people. Right.
4: one of the positives is having these white supremacists get their DNA tested and freaking out because they find that they are actually part Jewish or part African American and. Uh, and there, there was a study by these uh, UCLA professors about th- they looked at all of these alt-right websites where people were getting their results back. And, uh, and they, were free- they were accusing, like 23andMe, of being this multicultural conspiracy, that they were foisting <laughs> these false results on them. Uh, so, but hopefully, you know, it, it will make people realize that really racial purity is, is a crock. It's not true.
0: I have to tell you that um, I was, so I joined because I read your book and, you know, I had already done myheritage.com and, and actually um, they're, they're set, they've sent kits to all of us at Unorthodox and on an upcoming show. We are going to reveal
2: just how Jewish we are. I'm China. apparently not, so.
4: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I Bye, am, guys. <laughs> I am a, I'm like 97% Jewish. And 2.5% Arab. So I've got like the Middle East conflict right in my body. Right in your body. So are you
2: sadistic to yourself or are you nicer to yourself because you have
4: both? Well, now that I realize how related I am to myself, I'm much kinder to myself.
0: So I'm sitting there, so I I realized I had to join the others. I had to join, you know, I was on my heritage. I had to join 23andMe and Genie. Like, if I wanted to integrate everything, I thought I'll just keep spending money and keep signing up. And so I'm sitting there doing Genie.com today, and and Anna, my four-year-old, climbs up uh, on on the sofa and and says, what are you you doing, Daddy? And I said, well, I'm looking up people uh, whom I'm related to. And she said, are they people you know? And I said, no. And she said, are there people you're going to meet? And I said, no. And she said, are they alive? And I said, not all of them. And she said, that's stupid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, let me tell you about Facebook.
0: (laughs) That's right. I mean, and I will say that, like, your book actually made a stronger case for genealogy than ever had been made to me before, because it is sometimes the province of, um, what's the Yiddish word? Annoying people.
4: (laughs) 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 Well, it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it... And when, uh, our country started, they reject, they hated the idea of genealogy because it's aristocratic. It's British. So, uh, it's actually, you know, kind of un-American when you first look at it. But now it's been turned on its head and there, it's all about like inclusion and we're all one big family. So, uh, so now it's been democratized. <laughs> and it, it is also interesting because my part of my family were hardcore assimilators. They were like, really? My grandfather joined, was the token Jew at one of the waspiest country clubs in America. And I would always fantasize, I would go there, I always wanted to wear like a kippa with like pink and green plaid and like little whales on it and um, and see how that went. But this was... This was an exciting moment for our family. As he was he was very involved in the civil rights movement, and he was one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s lawyers. And he was honored at this gala, and LBJ, the president, spoke at it and thanked my grandfather for working so hard. Uh, he said, and he even works on Sundays when he should be at church. So... <laughs> So he arrived. I was forcibly yeah. converted by the pre, my family, was by the president of the United States. That was exciting. That is hardcore. That is hardcore assimilation, right there. AJ Jacobs,
2: the
0: book is "It's All Relative." Will you can you hang out to sign people's copies after?
4: It's not honored. even
2: out yet. It's like you guys are getting is, the early, the early your taste. first, your first
4: official first. sale will be tonight. This is you your book? all Buy it right, like uh, as soon as we're he's done. He's your
2: here. cousin. You have to. He's your cousin. <laughs> By the way, it's like the best like sales mechanism Thank I've you, ever heard. Yeah. Would it kill you to support your relatives? Right. Thank you, Stephanie. for cousins <laughs> you
0: got to pay retail. Is the way I always. <laughs> say there you it. go. AJ Jacobs, everyone. Thank you. Okay, so I thought we're going to have a couple rounds of this. But at our last live show, we, um, we had a Gal Gadot uh, action figure, right? A Wonder Woman action figure. And we, we found someone who, we
1: said, who here has a connection to Gal Gadot? What was the person's connection? The uh, sister yeah. of the army person who trained with her at the right. uh, Humustan. I would say <laughs> afterwards, ridiculous. I heard
2: a better story from someone who was also here, who like didn't raise her hand in time. But it was sitting on a plane next to Gal Gadot's nanny while they were all going to Israel. Ooh, that's And then good. like her son spent the week with Gal Gadot's also nanny. The it was plane, like actually a really great story. Also, the
1: plane was invisible. <laughs>
0: Okay, so here's the thing. We're just going to give you some some juice. And um and if you if you have a connection and you know, if it's a good one, it's a good one, but if it's even if it's tangential, you might you might win something. So here's the okay, so here's the game we're going to play. First of all, who here has a connection of any kind? Any connection at all. Any connection at all. Aside from just knowing who it is or having seen him on TV. There we go. Thank you for the lights. To Milton Berle.
2: Okay, who here knows who that is? <laughs>
4: okay, okay. All right. Well, we'll try another oh, AJ one.
2: Has one. Who here has a connection? AJ says. <laughs> uh,
4: this is about 15 years ago. I went to cover Milton Berle doing stand-up in Long Island somewhere, and he was 92. And he made a dick joke about me. It was like one of the most historic moments of my life. He like, he said, my pants were too tight and he could tell that I was circumcised or something like that. Wow. I mean, it wasn't very funny. No. Uh, No. But you know, but, uh, but it was interesting that he was talking about my private parts when he had such legendary. A
2: famous
0: crossdresser in Milton Berle.
2: I feel like he, AJ wins that (laughs) round.
4: If you want, if
0: you want some sweat, All right. Well, let's try it. All right, who here has a connection to, or the close connection to Jared Kushner? Oh, okay, wow. what's your connection?
2: Uh, oh, wait, wait,
0: wait. Wait, what's your connection to Jared Kushner? Right? My brother used his, like, signed textbook in high school.
2: Oh, I love that. in New yeah, Jersey? Frisch, yeah, That's amazing. That's okay. good. Who, wait, we can have anybody, one more. We have to see. Can anyone top that? Oh, wait, wait, there's someone. Wait, someone's topping
0: it?
5: Wait, oh, wait. I'm going to pass the mic down. I sat on the Young Leadership of the
1: Friends of the IDF board with him. I'm, I'm, you know, I like the idea. I'm still going to go with the textbook. I'm going to go with the textbook. Yeah, that's pretty good.
2: All right, our Gentile of the Week is actor Kobe LeBee, currently appearing on Comedy Central's new show, The Opposition with Jordan Klepper. You may also recognize him as Cantor Duvid from the Amazon series Transparent. Welcome, Kobe. (laughs) So we'll get to your current work, but obviously given our crowd here, let's talk about Transparent, right? Like, can we get a... A sense of the crowd, yes. Oh. Cantor Duvid. How did you get the role of a, the like an enigmatic, widowed cantor, newly back from Israel, love interest? Like, well, it's how I
5: see myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, some people, they say, you know, senators wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and see the president. I wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and see a mournful cantor. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because Catherine Hahn's been on the show and she is the other spiritual leader, like the only religious figure and she's yeah. also not Jewish yeah I
5: was very comforted by that uh, so <laughs> I was like okay if the, the, my baseline as an actor is feeling like a complete fraud the whole time uh so I was like okay great there's at least one other fraud here with me like
0: the gentiles on the show are you and her and then and then the Duplass brother is is yeah. who everyone thinks is Jewish <laughs> right is is not a Jew but yeah. Yeah. otherwise it's pretty much so how do you yeah.
2: prepare uh, prepare for that role you were speaking Hebrew you were like really into it
1: yeah um
2: and who I- here thought he was Jewish let's just do this Oh, we're clapping I'll for thinking that. you're Jewish. <laughs> so, I'd, I'd love enough, to yeah. hear the
1: answer, but like, it's amazing to me because you know that your name—if if you move to Israel with your name—you either become yeah. the commander of like an infantry brigade, or you get like a grilled meats restaurant, <laughs> uh, or both. I mean, it's kind of the most quintessential Israeli name.
5: I, I would pick both uh, <laughs> yeah. personally. Uh, yeah, it's funny because the only people I've met. Whose uh, names are Kobi spelled the way mine is spelled? Are are you know Kobe is usually from Israel, usually short for Yaakov or Jacob, you know. And uh, you know, so I, I definitely get that. My particular name is West African, though. It's from a language called Bassa. My full name is Bokobi B um, I K O B I, but it's everyone, including my parents, shorten it to Kobe all the time. And it's just a cultural, you know, a bit of bizarro cultural symmetry that it happens to track as a you know name common in that tradition. And so, how do you become uh, a Chazan? How do you how do you prepare for this? Well, well, first I had to find out what that word meant uh, <laughs> which I which I still what, what is a hazen forgive my ignorance uh, a, canter.
4: A, canter. a canter a canter oh yeah yeah
5: no I did <laughs> guys I did a, I did a lot of research <laughs> uh I, I, I did, and it's funny, because uh, I, I shot that about a year and a half ago at this point, so a lot of my memories of the the details and the sort of specific traditions will be more uh, sort of impressionistic than uh, there encyclopedic. Fact, there are, in fact, uh, many
0: Jewish uh, men who learn a lot, and they, they perform it before a lot of people, <laughs> and then a year and a half later, when they're, say, 14, 14 and a half, <laughs> they've They've actually forgotten all of it. Like this is this is actually an experience not foreign to many people in this that's, room. So you're saying I I, I was bar mitzvah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, what I'm
5: saying. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean I, I spent a lot of time. There's a a, a rabbi consultant on the show, um, which I don't know if you really? uh, believe. Yeah, yeah, um, we got to
0: get that person on our uh, show. She's
5: she's completely uh, brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know is a is a rabbi at a, a temple in in Los Angeles and. Uh, that the temple in that show is not modeled on, but they definitely pull some, pull some similarities from. Uh, I spent a lot of time with her, went to you know a number of services of hers, talked to the, not the cantors from that temple, but the, there's a very informal sort of uh, recruit the young people service uh, that they host that has some musicians who are, are very faithful uh, you know, uh, faithful folks, but aren't formally cantors. I spent a lot of time with them. So they Actually, made moves on you is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, they like, try to recruit come me. Come
1: on Shabbat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what you like,
5: yeah, it was, it's a very, that sort of young hip people service is a very, uh, it's, it's wonderful, it's intimate, but it's very small. So it was definitely an event that there was a new guy that showed up. Uh, uh, that that happened. Uh, so I spent a lot of time with them and then spoke to uh, a candor, a, very pro- a candor from a very progressive uh, congregation back here as well. Um, and, you know, I was, as I said, I was so concerned about, um, uh, not being a fraud, but you know, anytime you are representing a cultural tradition um, that is is really important to people who are of that tradition, and it is not your tradition, you don't have the same authority and, and license that you would have for something that you had more ownership of. So, so I spent uh, a lot of that was the sort of research you would usually do as an actor, but it's also part abject terror <laughs> at at uh, you know being disrespectful to a tradition that you know um, uh, you know I, I wasn't really a part of. Uh, Although kind of
0: you are now because it's the most Jewish show in the history of television. I mean, it's, it's actually the only show that I th- – what I say about it is it's the only show that shows like Judaism as something that like it's – first of all, it's, it's a Jewish family, right, yeah. where yeah. they're all Jews and they all have a lot of the same um, internal – stress about it, questions, ambivalence that a lot of Jews have, but then they still practice a good bit of the time. Like they still will light Shabbat candles and they'll still do the holidays. And that sort of tension, but they muddle through it and keep doing it is something you don't see on TV. You see like sitcom characters who are Jewish, but do nothing. And then once in a while you get an Orthodox family. But that thing that's kind of in the middle is, I, I don't think it's ever been done on TV
5: before until transparent. So, it's, you know, so
0: thanks uh, man. Thank uh, uh, yeah, you. no problem. It's
5: like anytime I can make a profound uh, contribution like that, I'll be there. You're the only <laughs> Cantor Also, also so there's never a cantor.
0: There are rabbis <laughs> yeah. but like Seinfeld's had a rab- lot of rabbis. Yeah. Has there Cantor's ever been a Cantor's like a canter? deep cut.
5: Yeah, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the, the couple of folks that I spent time with researching for their, you know, artistry was sort of m- one of my connections to it, you know, and, and finding something, you know, metaphysical in music and finding, you know, a ritual through music that could um, exist beyond text and exist uh, in, in a way that was really moving and, and visceral for people. And How did you study uh, for the part where you're absolutely uh, terrible in bed? Uh, that uh, You know, that's that was ripped more from,
1: I had more authority on that. Okay, uh, Just <laughs> I want to ask about about the opposition. Uh, yeah, yeah. there seems yeah. something both really kind of enticing but also immensely cosmically depressing about doing a sort of show that tracks this shitstorm we're in right now. Yeah. Like how do you how do you process it be like, "Yes, I'm going to do this really incredibly funny bit although when you read the headlines they seem like way more absurd than anything any writer could come up with."
5: It's it's hard. It's definitely hard to outflank uh, our current political moment for absurdity—that's uh, a, a challenge that satirists find right now. Uh, um, we're not want of things to criticize and uh, sort of rot that deserves a, a mirror held up to it, though. So that's that's the that's the upshot for for my work. Um, the, I'd say the most on, on the opposition specifically, the the world we're uh, parodying most directly is the world of far, far, far. It's not even fair to call them alt right, and or the, they're not even on the political spectrum. But you know, Alex Jones. Um, sort of full conspiracy theorists, toxic, um, uh, crazy folks sort of out that end of talk radio. And, you know, to, to do that satire effectively, you're watching the sort of mainstream headlines, but then you're also sort of steeping yourself in the world of those those delightful minds. And uh, and that's honestly the most toxic part for me personally, is listening to a half an hour to an hour of Alex Jones every day. What's your like,
1: favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, you know, uh, oh, oh. And God. then can you make uh, a, a follow-up question? Can you make up... A- uh, one up right now. That's I, that's what I do. Let's, constantly. let's get
5: something started. That's that's what I do constantly. I mean, my. L- let my, me give you
2: a
1: sentence and you finish it. Great. Let's do. The it. Jews yeah. are responsible for. Uh, er,
2: Employment.
5: <laughs> I, I would say so. Uh, as as the Gentile of the week, uh, uh, I'm going to be incredibly delicate here and say only good things. Uh, that's called pandering. That's also, what that, that is. That is a conspiracy theory. That's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, but we're we're constantly constantly doing that. My my favorite actual conspiracy theory, I mean my my favorites are the ones that just sort of collapse on themselves, uh, sort of instantly. Um, there, so what was I listening to today? There is, uh, there's a lot of some of the best stuff from Alex Jones is this a new world order stuff yes. that imagines a global conspiracy. Um, that's particularly funny for me to imagine because going to you know a place like Yale, we've I've met a lot of people that ended up in politics that are in the halls of power and running around. They're just not smart enough to run a conspiracy like that like it's just like once you know those people it's a you know one of my friends says that you know uh government is like you know it's like it's like 90% parks and rec only 10% house of cards you know um and 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 I always find that really credible with it's like yeah it's mostly mostly the same fools that work in your office or your whatever sort of bumbling around as effectually as the people around you are they just happen to have more influence on geopolitics you know and so the idea that there is some master plan and it's locked in a room of 15 people it's like no I know the idiots that are in those rooms I went to school with them I watched them like fall over drunk they're not they're not capable of pulling it off
2: Uh. so what's your release from politics like what do you listen to like what do you do on a weekend
3: uh,
5: I so I'm uh, I've been listening to a, a podcast about um, the history of Rome which is exciting uh, Guys, I'm I'm really cool. Uh, you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn. Uh, I play a lot of right, I play a city l-
1: that was never grabbed by a complete lunatic that burned it to the ground. But it feels really <laughs> that distant. Never yeah.
5: It's like the lunacy of that leadership feels like quaint and uh, far away. Uh, and I'm I'm a board game head. I play a lot of really oppressively nerdy board games. Um, and I was just like, I'm a, actually a cocktail. I love I love mixing cocktails is one of my hobbies. So coming backstage and being instantly offered mezcal was uh, very. It was very very nice. And you just got married two weeks I ago. Did. I did just get married two weeks ago. Yeah. Mazatlavas, yeah. uh, our favorite. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Small intimate gathering, was it?
5: Uh, yeah. It's uh, what 130. Is that is that break intimate? He's or that asking break? why he wasn't invited.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if he was, he wouldn't send a gift. So no, I'm not. <laughs> don't worry about
0: Woo! it. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gentile of the week, Kobe Labie, Thank you for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Hey, before you go. Where else can they see you? Like, what's the thing that they don't know about that's not this or transparent that oh, you're really God. proud of?
5: Uh,
2: Besides the Borgans.
5: Yeah. Yeah, goodness. Um, I mean, these, this is sort of the big project that's blotting out the sky right now. There's a couple other things that are, you know, sort of floating around the world and the internet that you can see me in. Uh, my, my general rule is uh, if you see someone on screen and it looks like me, it's me. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. Uh, just check out The Opposition. Comedy Central, 1130s, Monday through Thursday. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank, thank you, guys.
3: Uh, Broadway comes to the 14th Street Y on Tuesday, May 21st.
0: Um, listen, we have, um, we have a very important bit of mail to get to as we, before we wrap up the show a few weeks ago, you may have heard, we, uh, did one of us say, how did that start? Did one of us say,
2: I think it was you. And I think you said mishmash. And then someone wrote in being like, I can't believe he said mishmash. And I was, or no, and then I said, no, I co- I believe I corrected. it's mishmash. And I was like, it's mishmash. And you're like, it's Sorry. mishmash. Right. Is this a good explanation so, of this?
0: If you think boycott, divest and sanction gets mail, if you think Trump gets mail, if you think Cleveland Bagels versus Montreal Bagels versus New York Bagels gets mail, uh uh. This is just a minor selection of the letters we got. I am writing from Ann Arbor to add to the great mishmash pronunciation debate. I'm a robotics PhD student at the University of Michigan, and for many years, Michigan Hillel's weekly newsletter has been known as the Mish Mash. Get it from Michigan? <laughs> Many people in this community pronounce the second syllable of the newsletter's name, just as Stephanie and Mark say it. While I'm writing this letter, I also want to share that I was walking across the Michigan campus listening to Unorthodox for the first time, and I froze when I heard Stephanie talk about her time at Duke. I went to Duke for undergrad, and when I was on the Duke Hillel student board, I had Google alerts set up to hear news stories about the Duke Jewish alumni. Unfortunately, the keywords Duke, Jewish, brought forward a lot of news articles about David Duke, and only... (laughs) And only the occasional story about someone like Duke Jewish alum Marshall Roush, who was the largest Christmas ornament producer in the world and who, of course, has been on our show,
1: right?
0: Go blue and go blue devils. Kevin Lieberman. All right. So he doesn't take a side. He just adds context. We got a letter from Lisa Last of Great Neck, who makes it into a Jew-Gentile thing. Dear Unorthodox, I had never heard anything but mishmash all of my childhood. I've lived outside New York and away from most fellow members of the tribe since college, but still never heard anything else until a few years ago. When I read an article that happened to mention the Yiddish origin of mishmash and how the mosh versus mash was a Jewish Gentile indicator, flabbergasted that anyone would say mishmash, I asked my very waspy husband if he had heard such a silly word. He promptly answered that he had never heard mosh. I, too, noted Mark's use of mash in that episode. But we all know about Mark. Stephanie, what's your excuse? (laughs) Is it because you went to Great Neck North? (laughs) Lisa last.
2: I wrote her back and I was like yeah I have the Great Neck North dialect <laughs> Eshore Road over to Middle Neck Road that's how we say it
0: Dear Unorthodox when I was little maybe five I would prep my ice cream by stirring it until it was liquid then I ate or drank it that was mish mosh from the central Jersey suburbs fast closing in on age 65 Karen Winograd Dear Unorthodox it's mash like potatoes in the TV show <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's spelled M star right, A star right. <laughs>
0: Signed, Alan Alda. Right. I'm a 22-year-old who grew up in northern Westchester, although the other pronunciation sounds like how my parents or grandparents might say it, and they grew up in Queens, the Bronx, Brooklyn. Jonathan Karsh. Dear Unorthodox, really, Stephanie? (laughs) Mishmash? Growing up in Brooklyn and Queens in the 50s, it was always mishmash. Maybe it morphed when you were growing up on Long Island in the 80s, but I never heard it pronounced that
2: way. It's like, let's be honest, it was the 90s. (laughs) But I didn't know what MASH was. No one knew it. No
1: one was like impressed by that. The TV show? Yeah. Well
2: done. Thank you, TV. I Lens. like the
1: ethnic divisions like you from Long Island North.
2: How could you not know? How better? could you be so? <laughs> that
1: letter was ignorant. from our
0: frequent correspondent Jeffrey Grossman, by the way. All right, we're closing in. Dear Unorthodox, hi, first-time listener, and I ran into the mishmash controversy. Could you imagine being a first-time listener <laughs> like, this is what they do? I'm 62, grew up in Forest Hills in Queens, and never heard the mash pronounced with an A sound as in Lamb. That pronunciation might even be fake news. <laughs> Best Ellen Levy. <clears throat> Andy Oram writes, you haven't committed the entirety of Leo Rostin's Joys of Yiddish to memory yet. Quite a lapse, and that would keep you from stumbling over the pronunciation mishmash. But he doesn't say which one Leo Rostin has it as.
1: I think he says You it. think he says? All Even right. more importantly, than Leo Rostin, someone I believe on, on Twitter, that uh, infinite fount of human wisdom, wisdom yep. uh, said that uh, Roz Chast pronounces it mosh. And as Rothschild is pretty much like a Jewish pope, she's infallible in my eyes. Uh, there we go. Fellas, Q.E.D. I think, I think I win here. Fine, well, but, you since know. since we have a whole room full of Jews. We
0: will, we, will with, we have one final letter to go and then we will take it to the audience. I got to get to June Juna because she wrote from Berlin. Being German, I know it's hard enough for Germans to believe we're still existing, let alone you guys probably wondering why would a Jewish still live there? Let me tell you, I have absolutely no idea. I'm still finding out. I love this woman. Anyway, back to the mishmash, which would be written mishmash, with lots of Cs, in German. It comes from the word mischen, which means mixing. So it's a double mish. But who cares? Language is just a mishmash in general, isn't it? Shalom from Berlin, Yuna Grossmann. So, Yuna.
2: Um, that was like the least mean letter to me, so.
0: Yeah, it was like, it wasn't about you at all.
1: Uh, as I said, I have a few fans, but they're violent. <laughs> it counts for a lot does anyone have anything to add
0: we wanted to take this to you people seem to have a lot of opinions on this let's get a vote Jira has the microphone does it hold hold on
1: before we do I I, I want like a sound check clap as hard as you can if you think it's mishmash
2: yes yes right now clap by the way I just want to point out that your wife is clapping Leo
4: (laughs) (laughs) I
1: understand that Uh, now clap as hard as you can if you're correct in thinking it's mishmash You're smart, wonderful people.
2: I should, I should point out here that my, both my parents and my in-laws just clap for mishmash. So it's, I don't you know. You guys
0: both got sold out. <laughs> Thank you, Buttmix. <laughs> I, I think it's a German versus Austudian thing. Like, nobody in my family would say, I've never heard mishmash. I it think
2: doesn't it's like exist. a Florida, Florida thing. Florida, Florida.
0: Orange, orange. Uh, who here has an opinion? Does anyone want to sh- weigh in at all? Or were they all exhausted by the letter writers? Oh, yes, yes, we have someone right here. Wait, give us your name and tell us what you think.
3: And just Hi. don't yell at me. <laughs> oh, never. Um, my name's Annie. And I was just thinking while you were talking that the Israeli food, Nishnosh, is like mishmash, And I was like, well that makes sense. Yeah, but I always said Nishnosh, but that might be an Australian thing. Interesting addition to the debate.
2: Can we get AJ Jacobs? Because he read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. And I feel like he gets away he gets to weigh in. AJ?
4: that was in the M I only remember I'm I'm actually going to avert that AJ might have skimmed I
0: think there's some skimming going on do we have any maybe a a final comment on the mishmash versus mishmash controversy
2: is that from Jonathan Zalman Jonathan Zalman by the way I should say that Jonathan (laughs) Jonathan Zalman worked at Tablet for two years before anyone realized that we were pronouncing his name wrong
0: it's Zalman not Zalman
2: Salman, so, what do you think? So correct us again.
1: Um, wait, so just to fill me in, I imagine Mark is a mishmasher. Yeah. Oh, wow. and you and Iliel, you're a and masher. Short, two wrongs and a right. Right. So I'm a mishmasher, but, and, you're wrong. but I'm, apparently I'm wrong. But the, the only place my mind goes is splish splash. I was taking a bath.
2: I like that. Mostly because. I still like them. See, I think in English
0: it goes ish-ash. I think yeah. that's right. Oh, and we have a, a, a comment here, right here, in the middle. Yes, Mrs. Liel Leiboliz. You have to say your name.
2: <laughs> you have to say your name and who here you're you related to, yeah.
4: whom you're married to. You're like.
2: Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm here for Stephanie.
1: Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> Liel's kidding. wife. Oh, you are sitting in the butt Mrs. <laughs> Liel's <laughs> so, wife.
2: Um, I'm married to Liel. Uh, it's Mish Mash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Delaware. That's how we pronounce it there. But my scientific explanation is that mishmash is like you're mixing and mashing stuff together. Yes. yes. And it's mash. Thank and you. it's like mashed potatoes. It's like hash. They rhyme. <laughs> it's a mixture of stuff that you're mixing and mashing together. So it's clearly mishmash. Thank you.
0: Thank you. The <laughs> <laughs> began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, we he
2: did the monster mash. The monster
3: mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He
4: did the mash. He did the
0: monster. Mash. <sighs> well, you know what? It's time for the Mazeltovs. Stephanie Butnick, what is your Mazeltov of the week?
2: Okay, so our one of our favorite guests, H. Allen Scott. You'll remember him. He's the subject of the uh, documentary Latter Day Jew. He came on. He was, you remember, born Mormon. Now is Jewish, has this just sort of this really amazing story, a lot of twists and turns in, in between. He's having his bar mitzvah is here. His bar mitzvah is November 9th in L.A. And if you can't, he's invited everyone. Um, you're all invited. <laughs> we won't be there, unfortunately. But he's uh, in in lieu of gifts. I think we should all be donating um, to help make the documentary, you know, come to fruition and be, be available and be something that we can see the place to make a tax-deductible donation is com slash support to help them finish the film. And I think that would be such a nice bar mitzvah gift. I
0: love that you set up a non-profit to produce a documentary about his bar mitzvah. That's that's that's
1: beautiful. Leo Leibowitz. That's, that's Jewish for you. That's Jewish. Leo um, Leibowitz. <laughs> <laughs> mazel tov of the week. Uh, my mazel tov of the week goes uh, to uh, a young and promising actor, Tom Hanks, uh, who who this week uh, will return to to uh, screens everywhere uh, in the role that made him famous David S. pumpkins) <laughs>
2: Uh, is Beth the Maslow times for him.
1: Yep. It's for Tom Hanks. Uh, you know, you got to support these struggling these artists. These struggling artists, right? Not everyone is like, you know, big and famous on a Comedy Central TV show. Some of them are really just starting just out. Just on NBC. In the world. Did, just, Israel, did Israel get Bosom Buddies one year? No. <laughs> you never got no, that? No, no, one? no. You had to catch up when you we moved to America? Did. Yeah, and, and that's really traumatic because if, if you really got a bad year, you really got a bad year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, my mazel Tavs, I have two mazel Tavs. one
0: is I've always wondered why aren't there really good short um, videos explaining Jewish stuff like let's say you want to know what Shavuos is how come nobody's made the BuzzFeed style five minute videos like with funny animation explaining Shavuos and then I discovered that actually it exists and I'm sure it exists in many places but I found the one I think is really good on
1: a website called stormfront.org
2: <laughs>
0: very lovely people <laughs> and it was it's at it's at bimbam.com and I did. Did you guys know about BimBam.com? BimBam. Oh, I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> if I'd thought about that, I actually would have known that one. <laughs> so cheery-beery to all of you. But it, but BimBam.com, and I was just like, after I went, was looking at Genie, and my daughter said, that looks stupid, I was looking at BimBam, and it's actually kind of amazing. And I'm kind of ashamed as a, you know... Jewish communal podcaster that I didn't know about it until now. So to, Mazel Tov to them. But then my other Mazel Tov, I've talked, uh, I've Mazel Tov'd our, my good friends, um, Sam Purdy and Emma Sokolov-Rubin on the show before when they got married uh, about a year ago and they just had um, baby uh, Miriam about 10 days ago. So Mazel Tov to them on Miriam um, Sokolov-Purdy, I think. On Miriam, on baby Miriam. Um, uh, <laughs> Unorthodox is brought to you by Tablet Magazine, on the web at tabletmag.com. Big thanks to JCC Manhattan, our uptown home. It is also your uptown home for people watching and culture and fitness and the arts and big-time Jewishness. But as for us, write to us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com. Follow Stephanie on Instagram at sabutnik. To get our special Liel Leibowitz written newsletter, sign up on our website, tabletmag.com, or send an email asking for it to unorthodox at tabletmag.com with newsletter in the subject line. Be forewarned, we may make fun of your name. Join our Facebook group. Go to Tablet Magazine and join the Facebook group, Unorthodox Podcast. This week our show is produced by Alyssa Goldstein and Shira Talushkin with help from Julia Frakes. Our artwork is by Esther Werdiger. Our show is edited by Noah Levins and our music is by Golem. Our rabbinic supervision was by rabbis Linda Henry Gordon, Micah Lieben, Mara Young, and Marion. Did I get it right? Yeah? What are you laughing at? Don't don't mess. Don't mess with my mojo, okay? Our rabbinic supervision was by Linda Henry Gordon, Micah Lieb, and Mara Young, and Marion Shulovitz, and we are proud to be part of the Panoply Network. Shalom, friends.
2: You didn't do kosher. You didn't do kosher slaughtering.
0: What? Oh, kosher. I didn't do kosher sla. That's yeah,
2: okay. We'll do
0: kosher sla. We'll double up on kosher sla. Okay, slaughtering co- next kosher time.
2: slaughtering was by Barney Greengrass. Okay. Kosher
0: slaughtering is by Barney. Greengrass.
2: Joke's
1: over. Sorry. Thank you, guys. Thank you.